Welcome to episode 256 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And I'm your host, Denise Oyston. Now, I know that in the past few weeks, I have been pushed aside as Sharon has been recording uh, a number of videos that uh, we've been distributing on social media. And the content was that good. We decided that uh, we would also put it into a podcast for you so you've got some sound bites. But today, I'm back in the seat. And the topic is notes to a younger self. And have you ever had that situation, Sharon and I were talking about it the other week, uh, about various things that you did when you first started. Some of them might have been a bit gung-ho and some might have been completely <laughs> irresponsible. And it's always interesting when you think about what if I could have a word with myself from when, from the future, if you like, so that, you know, knowing what I know now, maybe it would be good to give that, that other Denise uh, a few tips and a few ideas and a few strategies. So that is the topic of today's podcast. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your agency growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profit. Well, hi there everyone, this is Denise and it's good to be back in the podcasting seat at Superfast Towers. Yes, we're actually in the office. Um, we are very lucky in the sense that we're a relatively small team in a pretty big office. Um, well, we've got two or three rooms. It's uh, it's in a, a rural business centre. And uh, we live in the middle of nowhere, sort of. So, and I know many Cumbrians would disagree with that, but, but really the Lake District compared to the centre of London, just a touch difference um, when it comes to social distancing and, and things like that. And it's quite going to be quite interesting as I listen to some of these podcasts in a few years' time and be able to say, oh, remember when we had to wear face masks when we went into booths and various other things like that. Anyhow, let me get into today's podcast. And if you are new here, um, you'll be able to find a full transcription of this particular episode, episode 256. It is over on the Superfast Recruitment blog. So just go along there. There's a search bar. And if you just put uh, seven things I'd tell my younger self or something like that, um, it will come up as if by magic. And if you are thinking about your marketing, which I sincerely hope you are, and you haven't filled out our marketing checklist, now will be a good time because I'm recording this as we are in the last quarter of the year. Um, we're, we're all hoping 2021 might be just a tad different to 2020. You have to have a sense of humor about these things, but it is always good to plan. So if you haven't downloaded our checklist or you can't find it on your hard drive, then go to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash MCL or lowercase. And there's about 30 questions there that you can uh, you can fill out and they'll give you a sense of, you know, where your areas of focus might just need to be next year. So let me talk about 
having a conversation with my younger self. And I've got seven things that I would be saying to my my younger self um, about um, maybe certain areas of focus that, that would be a good idea as you start. And maybe some areas where you can cut yourself some slack. But before I do that, let's just lead into what... Uh, how this actual um, uh, podcast came about. So over the past few weeks, I've been putting together uh, an outline and putting all my stuff together for uh, a book that I'm writing. Um, No surprise, it's about marketing for recruitment staffing companies. And I thought it would be good to just, you know, review all the different things that we've done, what works for our clients and um, little sort of ideas on strategies and how to move forward. So as part of that flow, I've been looking at some of the ups and downs that, of course, we we all go uh, go through as we, you know, have our own marketing journey and running a business. Um, and though sometimes it's it is a good experience <laughs> to go through those terrible bits yourself. I always think forewarned is forearmed because even then, some something sort of smacks <laughs> up the side of the head. And you think, yes, Denise told me about that. I'm ready. Maybe I should prepare myself for that. So that's one of the things that uh, that I want to talk about today. So let me just say, when we started uh, our own company, we were incredibly fired up and dare I say, just a touch overconfident. I mean, we were... Um, as in the pair of us, Sharon and I, we, we had the top Viagra saleswoman in the UK. No mean feat. Um, <laughs> you might think that everybody wanted Viagra at the time. And trust me, new product, new market, niche. Um, nobody did. So it wasn't actually the easy thing to sell. And then my good self was the uh, was the winner of the regional um, sales manager of the year award for not only the UK but the MENA region, so Middle East, Africa, Europe, the whole kit and caboodle. What could possibly go wrong? Success was guaranteed, surely. Um, didn't actually. <laughs> Ah, oh, didn't actually quite work like that because we we both had the idea that because we'd had very successful corporate careers, that everything would go swimmingly. Uh, and worse still, Sharon and I had a number of friends in the industry, in the pharmaceutical industry, that uh, you know told us, "Oh, with you two, it'll be it'll be a breeze. It'll be walk in the park." Now, apologies to my corporate buddies. Um, many of you simply <laughs> do not have a clue uh, what running your own business is like. And consequently, of course, you couldn't give us any advice. You could only base it on the Sharon and Denise that you knew then. So let's just say swimmingly successful is, uh, are not the descriptive words that I would use <laughs> for the first few months. It was was anything but that. So, you know, quite, quite soon we discovered that running a, sex, a successful company was not a given because you'd, you know, been really good at your, your, corporate, uh, your corporate role, um, um, where, you know, to be honest, the real world often shields you. And I remember, you know, the first few weeks, <laughs> this is a great story. I remember the first few weeks setting up the company, 
getting some really, really nice shiny business cards and I headed off to my first drum roll networking event. And, uh, uh, you know, I entered the room. I can't remember what it was now. It, it, I don't think it was a BNI meeting. I'm sure it was something, something similar. And uh, landed myself on a table um, full, of course, of accountants and solicitors. God bless them. I love them. However, what is it about networking events? It's full of, you know, um, solicitors, accountants, and bizarrely coaches too. And uh, on this particular day, when I went to um, the networking event, I sat myself down next to what I thought was the friendliest face. And it was uh, a business owner. It was a woman who was a coach. And uh, I love coaches. Many of my friends are coaches. I am a coach. Sharon's a highly qualified coach too. Um, And the only thing that is a bit irritating is when they love to give you some analysis or love to talk to you about what you could be doing, um, particularly when you've not asked for it. However, on this particular occasion, um, the, the individual that I was sitting next to actually gave me a piece of sage advice. Drum roll, that bit of sage advice I still use to this very day and that is make decisions from your future self. Now (laughs) at the time um, I nearly swapped seats at first because it was all a bit woo-woo for me. Um, Where I was in that in that place I've changed quite significantly since then but I was only then just getting to grips with this whole whole thing about the fact that you know your thoughts um, create our actions that then create our results and this was all courtesy of the the legendary uh, Byron Katie. Don't know if you've heard of her or not if you haven't go and google her she has a website called The Work and um, she's probably one of the uh, most highly respected coaches that there is on the planet. When you've got a guy like um, Urquhart uh, Tolley saying that, you know, she is a blessing to this earth, then, um, you know, go and check out her stuff. Go and check out her books. She is exceptional. Anyhow, I'm not going to go too much about telling you too much about Katie. Um, just, just bear in mind that the particular coach in question that I was sitting next to gave me a really valuable bit of information about thinking about, you know, making decisions from my future self. So as you might imagine, that night I went home and uh, actually for the preceding couple of days, because of course, new in business, I had no clients. We had no clients at the time. Um, we, I think we had one or two referrals that people had given to us. But um, So I spent that night Googling um, how to run a successful business alongside um, buying various books from Amazon and also Googling um, decisions from my future self. So, of course, then the real journey of running our own business has had started. So... One of the key things that I got very early on was that, you know, no matter how good you are at what you do, when you move from a place of um, selling your organization to selling yourself, it is a massive, huge change. You know, I had come from a billion dollar organization that had an epic infrastructure, systems, process, 
targeting models, the whole kit and caboodle. And I won't show all of it here because I'm sure you can work it all out, you know. And uh, ah, the memories. <laughs> I don't regret it now, but ah, the memories of that company car and various other things. I remember, you know, if I couldn't get something to work on the PC, uh, there was a designated helpline and I rang the helpline. And, uh, and as a manager, I got priority access. So, wow, wasn't that good. And then, of course, all the marketing campaigns. You know, we had like uh, a marketing department was massive. And, you know, all the campaigns were, were planned months ahead of time. And, of course, they were all tested and researched too. You know, flat tyre. No problem. Just ring the local dealership. Hire a, and a hire car was on its way. You know, um, <laughs> I would laugh now. I'll never forget the look on Sharon's face when she actually had to pay for a car service. And she's from Yorkshire, of course, remember. But she had to pay for a car service and she had to pay for her own tyres too. So that was fascinating. Um, so, you know, with all of this going on, you realise that, you know, uh, I love my corporate um, my corporate work, my corporate life. But then, you know, I, I realized that there was something else out there for me. There was something else that I was meant to do. And I thought it was about time to really, you know, just, just get out there and start my own company. Now, I mentioned it a bit earlier on, but I'm recording this in a really, really weird and strange time. And um, we've had the COVID pandemic. In fact, we're still in it. Um, and even the most logical of us that have a successful business have probably had like, um, as my Irish friends say, uh, uh, a fit of the brain staggers when, when everything logical seems to go out the window and you can't seem to make a decision or you start to put two and two together and it always comes up with five. So, so even though this podcast speaks into um, the, the lessons that we can all learn in business. Sometimes I think it's a good revisit for some of us too, if we've had one of those really tough situations happening uh, for us and, uh, and our business, and uh, especially so for the recruitment sector, which really has been hit quite hard, and specifically certain sectors. So here I am imagining, um, you know, my talking to my 40-year-old self because I decided to start a business when most people were starting to wind down. Um, that, you know, here are some of the things that I would have told her to prepare for um, as she, you know, started uh, her new business. So in no per particular order of relevance, let's start with number one. And that is embrace the opportunities. In other words, um, you're going to fail a lot. So there's a real failure alert here because you are doing something new, potentially something you have never done before. So remember that, you know, anything, I always take anything that happens to me as a piece of learning. Uh, maybe it's my science background and all the experiments I used to do when I was at, at uni, but, you know, something would go bang. You think, hmm, I wonder what happened there. Maybe not do that again. Um, and and the, the thing about the learning opportunities of having your own business is mind-blowing because <laughs> this is something that I learned very, very soon. The world won't end 
because a client left you or a client didn't convert or as we the situation many of us are in at the moment or a pandemic appears to scupper the amazing year that you had planned you know be honest when you start anything new lots of things that can go wrong please accept it as a gift I know it might sound cliched and and failure really is your way through so you know think about um, you know Edison think about Colonel Sanders and of course Mr Jobs and our amazing smartphones they all started out failure with different things that these guys had done and, uh, and actually, I was watching a film about Marie Curie the other night on, uh, on Amazon Prime. So just think about all the mistakes they made that actually um, provided a lot of useful data and information for them as they move forward. So number two, you could actually put this as probably the most important thing, is to keep hold and manage something called your mental estate. Now, when you have your own business as many of you will know who listen to this, you are going to get a lot of no's. (laughs) In fact, you're going to get a lot more no's than yeses. And that can actually start to play havoc with your psyche and your thoughts. So it is really important to be mindful about what you are thinking. Really keep a check on your thoughts and what you say to ourselves. Because remember that we are governed by our conscious and subconscious mind people. And we need to keep a real handle on it. Because to achieve what you want, we've got to continuously adapt our behavior, learn from the changing environment circumstances we're in. And, you know, as a business owner, there are plenty of opportunities uh, there, there to do that. However, the great majority of the incoming signals that we get in real-life social situations um, are, are pretty irrelevant to our immediate goals. Um, I was looking at some uh, some of the latest research because I still keep my hand in with all my uh, biology and psychology background, and the latest data suggests that at any point in time, our unconscious mind is probably processing around about 10 to 11 million bits of data every second. So you you need to give it a helping hand here when it comes to to what you are processing and what your thoughts are doing to you. Now, an intriguing question is whether, you know, uh, such irrelevant and subconsciously received information can affect our the, the way that we adapt our behavior unfortunately it can you know many studies actually report that um, emotional inputs um, not necessary for receiving you know uh, an immediate activity can affect our behavior and uh, that can include our decision making too so you know adding to to this listening to the absolute rubbish that people say to you, oh, you don't want to start. Oh, at your age, Denise, you don't want to be starting your own business. I would just be taking it a bit easy, dear. And you think, uh, I don't think so. So you really do have to switch off from the rubbish that people say. And something here, friends, <laughs> you also need to be really mindful about um, what you are saying to yourself to because um, you can let your thoughts run away with you. Uh, it is so important to be intentional 
about your thoughts rather than unintentional. Because literally, before you know where you are, your thoughts have taken a grip. You're thinking the worst possible scenario, which very, very rarely happens. And I could write a whole post on this topic, but maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's for next month. But but really, you need to keep. Um, a real handle on, you know, people call it positive thinking. It's not really positive thinking. Um, you know, I'm a scientist. Go and look at the scientific data about matter and energy and no energy is lost and how thoughts become things. Um, you know, I have seen this play out so many times in my life. And I know that when I'm keeping a real handle on my mental estate, then then the magic really can start to happen. So, We've got a handle on our mental estate. Um, now, here's number three that you may or may not be expecting, but how you start won't be how you finish. Um, what do we mean by that, how you start won't be how you finish? So businesses change and they iterate all the, start, all the time. So, you know, stop being attached to an idea or a sector or a niche that you had uh, that's well past its sell-by date. You know, things are changing all the time. Imagine, you know, you were a recruiter 40 years ago. You know, the internet wasn't even available then. I hope you've updated your products and your service because that is um, pivotal to how you can move a, a, a business forward. So, you know, for our own business, we've had several iterations. We've had three business names. We might even change it again. Um, you know, but what we do is we always have at the front of our mind, what is the problem that our clients need a solution for? And <laughs> very important, you know, what are they willing to pay for and pay handsomely? Because then, boom, you have the makings of a successful business that you go out, make offers, and you work with new clients. And in the case of recruitment, of course, you work with candidates too. Now, number four is develop, not a Puritan work ethic, but develop a Christian work ethic. Now, I was brought up with good old-fashioned Puritan work ethic, which I've adapted over the years. And I like to call it my Christian um, work ethic. So let me explain that because there's nothing wrong with working hard. And it's also important to be nice to people too. I know people say business is tough and yes, it is tough, but there is no need to walk over people. There's no need to be nasty to people. There's no need to say things inappropriately. There's no need to try and offer somebody a service when actually it's probably the not, not the right option for you. Not, not a popular uh, comment. I know some people tell me I should be a lot tougher, but you know, it works for me. And uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a psalm, Psalm 128, that says, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it should be well with you. And I always take that to heart because I think, you know what? I'm a decent person. I work hard and things will happen. It's, it's the law. It's the universal law. Things always happen. Now, if I've got a book recommendation for you here. Um, 
I think I've mentioned it in our Facebook Marketing Mastery Group. Uh, by the way, if you've not, uh, if you're not a member, then I'll drop a link in the transcription. Um, you can even go onto Facebook and Google it and uh, and just apply. And uh, we'll we'll pop you straight in the group because I post lots of different things in there. But um, I did mention about this book, book uh, this particular book in that uh, in our Facebook group, and that is by a chap called Stephen Pressfield. And in his book, his, his book is called Do the Work. And what Stephen actually says is, you know, our enemy is not lack of preparation. It's not the difficulty of the project or the state of the marketplace, which many people are saying currently, or the emptiness of our bank account. The enemy is resistance. And the enemy is our chattering brain that comes up with all these excuses and procrastination techniques about why we shouldn't just screw the nut, sit down and do the work. So it's a great little book, by the way, well worth picking up a copy from, uh, from, from Amazon. Now, number five is to build your war chest. Not something people always think about when they uh, when they first start. Sometimes it's such a relief that wow, I'm finally getting clients. I'm finally getting paid on time. Whoopie doopie do. Let's spend a bit of it. Um, what I would do because we did that <laughs> at the time and had a real shock when we got the first corporation tax bill. But you know, you go through these things and you learn over time, don't you? But but. Your war chest, so, you know, bootstrapping businesses is a very popular term. And in honesty, both Sharon and I have mixed views about it. It's okay bootstrapping a business, but not to the detriment that it actually puts, you know, a cap on your growth. You know, a business needs money to to grow and it's not about squandering it. It's not about bringing people on board and employees before you actually need them. Um, and and also, it's not about, because I know a lot of people have a fascination for, oh, this particular software is free. Oh, this particular software is free. And yes, there are some good pieces of software that, that, uh, that, that are free. However, there are some other pieces of software that um, you just don't get the functionality until you pay for them. So, you know, act like a proper business and stop trying to get everything for free. If it's important to your business, you know, allocate the time, allocate the resources. And why is that? Well, that's because um, when you have the resources, you have the software, you have the website, whatever that might be, that is going to help you sell more, which is going to build your war chest. Now, many people... (laughs) over the past few months have been caught out as the penny dropped that they had no cash reserves. And yes, you know, this this can happen to many businesses. So that's the the importance of the war chest. And this is your money in the bank for a rainy day. In other words, think about what are my operating costs each month when I'm paying salaries, when I'm paying my rent, when I'm paying for my telephone, uh, when I'm paying for my petrol into the office, whatever that might be, what are my running costs? And how about I actually put that in a separate account for a rainy day. Now, depending on the business gurus out there always suggest that you have six months operating costs 
within your, your business, depends on the size of your business. I know many people will be gulping now that I've just said that. Um, however, at least plan for it and, you know, and, and make a start. So yuppie doopie do when you've, you've actually found out that, you know, you've made a profit or whatever, you think, right, I'm having a new kitchen or I'm going to have a new extension. Maybe, um, if you've not got the, the sort of cash reserves that you would really, really like, then maybe you just want to park that for a while and just think, right, okay, at least get three months of cash reserves in the bank so, uh, so I know that, uh, that, that I'm going to be okay. And um, you will thank yourself later. So number six, and again, this could really should probably come up in, in, uh, in number one or two, is develop your marketing and scale, uh, sales skills and make offers daily. Now, always, always focus on marketing and sales daily and ask people to buy your stuff. If you leave the office... Um, and you haven't made an offer to someone or you haven't, you know, had a had a decent conversation with someone. Well, try harder the next day. So over many years, we have, let me tell you about this. So over many years, we've worked with people in different disciplines. I've already mentioned we've had various iterations of our business. So we've helped people with their marketing who, who did work at height training. We've helped local businesses. We've helped cleaning firms. We've helped a shed load of different types of individuals. And we've helped a lot of people in the, obviously in the recruitment staffing sector, which is where we work, and in the training sector too. And what we always find is that, um, you know, a common challenge that people has it have is, you know, that lack of consistent focus on their marketing and sales process. You know, build it and they will come is a well-known mantra and uh, unfortunately, it's something that many sector experts do still, you know, fall foul of. You know, the average reader and listener to this podcast, apart from family members, <laughs> of course, um, here at the Superfast Recruitment website, uh, run SME or micro um, uh, recruitment and staffing businesses. That's just that's just the way it is, which uncomfortable to say, uh, very few people know about. That is why they are on this website generally, and that is why you are on this website generally. Finding out how to become um, a bigger brand in your market and how to make generally more money through uh, through marketing. So, you know, smart move because, you know, what works for bigger brands, here's something and listen to this, what works for bigger brands um, is hard to pull off for a small recruiting and staffing firm that has no um, brand footprint footprint, um, you know, in the market at all. So, so let me explain. So let's talk about, uh, let's move over to um, e-commerce and let's move over to B2C to, to, to explain this. But, you know, Marks and, Marks and Spencer's, because I can get hold of their data, you see. So I wanted to use that as an example. So Marks and Spencer um, is a household name here in the UK. You know, it's a well-known retailer. You can get everything from a pair of knickers to a duvet cover and the bed, which you're going to put the cover on. So you get the whole, the whole ramit of things in, uh, in Marks and Spencer. Um, 
And it's even claimed uh, in one of its advertising campaigns, the affectionate title, this is in their adverts that uh, appear on our, our different TV channels, our MNS, very clever branding. So last year, and uh, obviously we're, we're talking about, I'm recording this in 2020. So last year they spent approximately, approximately 200 million pounds on marketing. And that is according to Marketing Week. So you can imagine testing a tiny little campaign for 50,000 or whatever is a real drop in the ocean for them which isn't <laughs> a drop in the ocean. That is probably the entire marketing budget for some people that listen to this particular, this particular podcast. And this is a classic mistake that lots of people make because they don't appreciate um, the size of a budget or the size of a marketing team that works um, for a household name brand that they see on the TV. They'll see something on the TV. We've had, we've had people come to us and say, look, well, I've seen this on the TV. Could I do this? And um, <laughs> we often say, well, you could, but it's probably going to cost you in the region of, you know, 150 grand to put an advert on TV six nights a week or whatever. Um, uh, and I think that is really important that, that real direct marketing, the way that we teach in our, our super fast circle, will work for a small SMEs because you, you have a finite budget. You need to make an impact. You don't need to make an impact everywhere. You need to make an impact with your ideal target market. And we talk a lot about this in, uh, in, in our programs. And I am sure there's probably another 10 podcasts, you know, knock yourself out, go and have a look. In fact, I'll probably drop a few links to this in the, um, in, in the transcription that you can go and, go and check out when it comes to, to getting your marketing together. Because, you know, remember, different strategies will work for you as an SME and you need to implement these campaigns consistently um, to get the results that you want. Because it's okay for Marks and Spencer to do a, a massive campaign at Easter, a massive campaign for summer barbecues, one for Halloween and one for Christmas. Tickety-boo everything's all sorted for them. doesn't quite work like that because they ha already have that footprint in the market that people know. And so finally, uh, a message to my younger self and something that I've experienced over time is get help. That no man is an island and you will need help and you will need it consistently. Here's the thing. Our egos are really odd, funny things. <clears throat> they will often try to convince us that we don't need any help, especially when we've done so well in the past. They just, well, I, I, I'll be able to work it out. I'll just grind and grind and grind. And here's something I've noticed that I actually, <laughs> let's own it. I don't know everything Shock, horror, no, I don't know everything, and neither does Sharon. Um, however, however, the good news is there are lots of people out there that can help you. They are their own sector experts, and they can fill in the gaps for you, as they have filled in the gaps um, for us too. You know, they've been there before, um, 
uh, maybe they have the uh, particular type of expertise that you meet, that you need, and uh, they are there and ready, willing, and able to help you, just as they are there to help us. So you know, we've been in business sixteen years, and we're currently working with four business mentors. And you may think, are you that bad, girls, that you need to work with four business mentors? No. We're pretty good, actually. One of the reasons we're pretty good is because we work with lots of different people that help us in different areas. So, you know, we work with a coaching mindset mentor. We work with an advertising mentor. We work with a super, super geek as well that that, that helps us. So there's lots of different people that, uh, that, that we work with. And we're actually going through three different training products as well at the same time. Um, so you might ask, you know, why, why, do, we, why do we do this? this and the reality is that when I have looked back and tracked our most successful years and when we've had a spur in growth there's always a correlation to working with a mentor versus trying to go it alone I always say to Sharon if it's good enough for Oprah who has a number of mentors and helpers it's good enough for me so fact is um, if you stop learning and implementing, you will stop growing. So it's imperative, and this is Denise telling her younger self, keep using mentors, keep getting help. So if that last point actually resonated with you, then, you know, you can always get in contact. Um, I'll drop a link, you know, book a call with one of us. We've been working in this market, you know, as business owners and helping staffing, uh, staffing uh, MDs and marketeers for many, many years now. And we can help you turn things around and really start accelerating your rate of growth. So slightly longer, in fact, quite a longer podcast today. So this is Denise saying bye for now and let's speak soon. If you enjoy this podcast and you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then maybe it's time that you check out Superfast Circle. Because as a member of Superfast Circle, we are with you every single step of the way as you start to elevate your marketing to a new level. You get weekly calls, you get an online training uh, platform that you can access anytime, anywhere, on any device. You have events that you can uh, attend. We have a tech genius that can help you with your, uh, with your technology. And you also get your marketing collateral provided for you every single month that you are a member of the circle. So if you would like to know more, then head over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash SFC. Have a look at what's involved, what's included, and then book a call with one of us and we can talk you through exactly what the next steps are. We'll give you a demonstration of the program and we'll, we'll have a conversation about how this can work for you and your recruitment and staffing business. So speak to you soon.